Shooting fish in a barrel. Hi and welcome to the A&J PEI Treasures E. Jean Simpson author blog post and podcast. I'm your host Jean coming to you from the beautiful province of Prince Edward Island, Canada. Oh, thank you. The blog post and podcast is an opinion piece and only reflects this author's opinion and not that of any other entity. I hold no designations in politics, economics, or medicine. I'm retired from the mental health field. I am a humanitarian and speak from that viewpoint only. Whether you agree with me or not, at least I hope it makes you think. This week I explore the theme of shooting fish in a barrel as it applies to current events. If you want to find out more, then stay tuned. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Sometimes humor is like shooting fish in a barrel. I guess to be fair, where to start nowadays is giving the definition, because I'm not sure who understands these ancient terms. Shooting fish in a barrel is more or less doing something that is an easy task for you. This link goes on to an article that gives a fuller definition of this. I find that everyday life gives a lot of ammo for shooting fish in a barrel. Almost anything political can fit. There's a lot of back and forth. Some of the political stuff going on gives a fresh playground daily. It's not that it's really funny or not. It's more that it's an either laugh or cry at the situation thing. And I've got a link in my podcast right up and in my blog post to an article about Stephen Colbert exposing truths about politics. And it's a version of what can be done with a huge political question. It addresses a bit of the attack on the Capitol from January 6, 2021, and yes, it is still in the news and still being argued over, and the various information shared by the other side. It also covers the stealing of the election. Quite honestly, it is a parallel to the whitewash some tried to give the calling of the Emergency Act in Canada for the convoy, and I got a link to that in my podcast write-up and in my blog post. I saw excuses posted about it being peaceful. However, I know that the Emergency Act was not called just because someone did something highly disrespectful and disgusting on a monument to the unknown soldier. I'm pretty sure it had to do with the threats of violence to some. Being unhappy with some act is one thing, but taking over a town, threatening lives, and then getting caught transporting guns over the borders seems to me a relatively good reason to call in the troops. Now, the government is a great testing ground for humor. For instance, they have people dying in ERs in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. No, that's not the funny part. There's a lack of doctors. The one province trying to open a medical school, they're fighting against it. And I've got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to an article on that. Though their concerns are valid, there is also the chance that they might start training at least physicians' assistants which would be a two-year program, and pick up some of the slack. In other words, short-term pain might equal long-term gain. The school could move forward with further training, including doctors, as they got more medical staff trained. No one said they had to run everything for everyone right away. It might have to be one step at a time due to the huge deficit in medically trained staff. 
it becomes both a political fight and a medical fight and a personal nightmare. Yes, they are right. It could be hard sledding. In the meantime, and now we get to sort of the funny part, the premier, and I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to that article, have added a physician registry. This is interesting and potentially useful if they want to recruit teaching doctors. Otherwise, one can see the major problem is that there are not enough doctors and medical personnel to go around. So making it easy for doctors to move around might increase the doctors in larger centers, but might not overall fix the problem. It's like cutting the bottom off a blanket and sewing it onto the top of the blanket and deciding that the blanket is now longer. We have not created more doctors or medical staff. We've just made it easier for them to move around. You know, the few we do have. Because we all know that they aren't busy enough and really want to traffic between provinces. I know they are doing the best they can under difficult circumstances, but without having actual medical personnel increasing, we're just moving the top of the blanket. We don't have more blankets. So if we actually get some extra cloth, meaning doctors, to add to the blanket, meaning the healthcare system, then we can talk about where to move them around. Though admittedly, some are incredibly pleased because someone can come and fill in for a time, and I got a link to that in my podcast right up in my blog post. However, as nice as the convenience is, there's still not enough doctors, so how will this fix the problem? It may help with fill-ins from time to time, but they are searching for doctors in almost every town and city in Atlantic Canada. The rest of Canada isn't in a hugely better position, so this does not fix the overall problem. Of course, even as I write this blog post, the next politician shooting themselves in the foot appears directly in my Yahoo feed. I'm not joking. I sometimes look at my feed to see what things I can add, and this article popped up at the top. And I've got a link in my podcast right up in a blog post to the one that I did find. This article more or less states that Higgs, who is the premier of New Brunswick, commented that more people could have family doctors if they took on more patients. Though I guess there is some accuracy to this statement, the logic is somewhat difficult to see. Apparently, we cannot see the forest for the trees. Okay, for those out there who totally don't understand the situation, we need more medical professionals. There are not enough doctors to see all the patients. This is why there's a health care crisis. Otherwise, we could rename it the health care slight inconvenience. It seems, and I hate to say this, but there are some provinces that are so poorly run that they want to cut the feet out from under the doctors and have them put on their heads to use the blankets analogy. There is a tone deafness in some political arenas that becomes frightening. There is a medical staff personnel shortage, not a shortage of patients. So apparently the reason they are so calm about this is a revision of Kipling's if. When you keep your head when everyone around you is losing theirs, maybe you don't understand the situation by Bob Wrigley. At least that is my hope. They better figure out what the actual situation is and fast or we have a bigger crisis on our hands. People aren't dying in ERs because doctors don't care. They are dying in ERs and not getting service because there aren't enough of them in Canada. Either we need to train some medical personnel or we're going to be in for things getting worse. Of course, unlike medical staff, the tone deafness isn't at a premium in the political sphere. Most of it hits the news from the USA, 
but fear not. Here in Canada, we are not immune to it. I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post shows just one more case of politicians putting their foot in their mouth. Albia Smith has done it on more than one occasion and disappointed First Nations people. Sometimes one just shakes their heads because one wonders what someone was thinking. It's not that they are particularly bad people in some respects, I'm sure, but unless they learn to find a way to say what they mean and not alienate whole swatches of people, they will find themselves in thorny situation after thorny situation. It becomes obvious that some really do need to have someone read over their statements before they make them and ask them, is this really what they want to put forth? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't care and it's better to offend a bunch of people to make another bunch happy. I'm never sure when it comes to the political arena. <laughs> As Aeneas Nin is quoted as saying, when we blindly adopt a religion, a political system, a literary dogma, we become automatons, we cease to grow. It is this which causes a lot of trouble in both life and politics. Politicians are fixated on their party line, and this can cause them to become oblivious to the actual problems of their county, province, or state. They have to toe the party line. If that includes religion, then they have to make both happy. It would be better that each politician had no party and that they had solely to serve their fellow man. But then there's money, tradition, and democracy on their side. How many civilizations crumble because no one understands the problem and only use political speak? Worse, it seems that there's an actual crisis. Some try to downplay it to the detriment of all. As Plato is credited with saying, mankind will never see an end to trouble until lovers of wisdom come to hold political power or the holders of power become lovers of wisdom. And that, in a nutshell, is why life is hard. It's also why comedians can make a good living. Just going through the newsfeed on any given day gives people a taste of the truth of this quote from Plato. It's been going on for centuries, if even Plato had complaints about it. Whether you agree with me or not, I hope I made you think. Thanks for listening to my podcast and or reading my blog post, and thanks for your interest in A&J PEI Treasures. Keep watching because we're always working on something. Thank you. Blog posts are available on WordPress and Goodreads. Podcasts are available on Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just to name a few. All my ebooks can be found on Smashwords. You can also find us on Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for reading or listening. Bye for now.